We're going to do a little radio heavy today on Media Insultant. What a launch. Dana Lash is off to a really strong start with a little help from Odyssey. It's a really nice work if you can get it. Board comp is, well, I think kind of amazing. And how does one little non-com station double their ratings from worst to third in just six months? For Thursday, June 10th, this is Media Insultant. Welcome. This is the Thursday edition of Media Insultant. I'm Jackson Weaver with my esteemed co-host, Mr. Keith Samuels, down in Southern California. Keith, uh, good morning to you. And you know, we're both wearing a black shirt today. I wondered, is that is there any significance to that? No, uh, maybe. So. Yeah, I know. That just it was it was clean and it was in the closet. The first hook, so I had to grab it. <laughs> and it works. A- actually, modeling my Travis Matthews today. So you know, it's. Uh, it's you know it's getting in the golf mood as the heat wave hits LA this weekend. So um, yeah, we're back in the eighties. Glad to hear it. Rub it in. <laughs> so uh, Dana Lash, and we think we we're we're pronouncing that correctly. Lish, uh, Lish, Loesch, Lash. Okay. L O E S C H. I don't know, but I, I've heard Lash when I've heard a couple of podcasts of her doing it. So I'm going to assume they know how to pronounce her name. <laughs> so they are clearing over 230 stations. With Odyssey, that's a really hard, fast jump for anybody to come from zero to 60 to that. I mean, I, I know syndicators who've had programs out for years that aren't even to 100, 150. So good start. What, what's, your, what's your thought on this? Is, is, is she really a Rush Limbaugh replacement? Well, she is for 230 radio stations, but they're not all Odyssey stations. There's only a handful of Odyssey markets that she's clearing live, uh, noon to 3 Eastern. And then there's another handful of Odyssey stations that are clearing her on a, on a delay basis at another time slot. And then there's the whole other universe that their syndication arm has found homes for her on. And, uh, and Odyssey's taken over that syndication project uh, of, of, her, of her production. So, yeah, it's, a, it's, a, uh, it's you know, one of all these different companies are all finding you know, what to do and finding talent to fill where Rush was in their lineup. And you know, we're seeing this... You know, with Intercom, we're seeing it with Cox, we're seeing it with iHeart and Premier, with the uh, Travis uh, and uh, Buck show, you know, Buck Sexton and Travis, you know, <laughs> right? So, yeah, it's all these guys, you know, so they're all doing, so they've kind of earmarked, I think, uh, a couple of weeks, like June 21st or coming up, there's a, there's a date at which the Rush reruns and the guest hosts that filled in for Rush since his death will all be off, and then Premier will have their syndicated show in there and up and running. And these other companies are either taking that or doing their own. So this is what Odyssey's answer is. Yeah, but Odyssey isn't syndicating it. Odyssey has just given them the jump start with these key stations. Uh, I think they are doing the syndication for them. It's a syndication partnership. Okay. So yeah, yeah. Okay. Good, good. So another question, is she? she's the only woman I can think of who's doing a national talk radio show of any consequence. Is that true? Uh, on the talk side of things, I mean, yes, the general kind of political talk. Yeah, Dana is one of the few, if not the only. You've got Kim Commando doing tech talk, and you've got Delilah doing right. you know, late night. So there's, right. you know, Doctor Laura, you know, esque type folks doing their shows. But Dana really is the, you know, the the, the leading female conservative talk show host, 
and she's gun toting and she's you know she's getting after it in a lot of ways and so you know they're 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 counting on her being kind of a different taking a different take on this genre basically female and younger and um and, and we'll have to see kind of how this works uh, the other guys are going with either young guys or old guys but it's guys so you know i think dana's show uh, uh they're going to give it a try in a few markets and see where it goes it stands out for that reason yeah I'll, I'll tell you though, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting, probably something we should talk about in depth later. I've got a, a friend who's got uh, a talk radio station, and he's uh, signing it off. He's gonna he's gonna flip it. He said, he said first of all, nobody will buy the station because uh-huh. it's you know because of the right wing attitude on the radio station, and the second thing is he said, um, no, nobody's listening anymore. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's 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 really turning into a into a into a challenge, and I think that's why they're bringing in a woman. She's younger, you know. Maybe she can ju- rejuvenate some younger audience. We'll see. Uh, board of directors, these are really plum jobs if you think about it. And you know, we did a quick rundown. You and I did of, you know, like iHeart's averages in the three hundred thousand dollar a year range. The um, the folks at uh, Saga are not that good. I think Gary Stevens gets one hundred and sixty six thousand dollars, but I think he's executive director. Mm-hmm. The rest are between fifty and sixty. But you know the the thing is is that uh, you look at all of these. Beasley is between sixty five and ninety thousand dollars. Town Square one hundred and sixty five to six hundred thousand dollars. What are these guys doing? To make this kind of money, I don't know. This is decent yeah, money, but, but they're making more than any GM has got day to day management. Right, like let, making more than regional. Yeah, the people have full time jobs. I mean, this is a this is a part time right. gig. You know, you're doing a Zoom meeting every quarter, and you're and you maybe have some additional assignments. But this is a great gig, and and I think we would be great board directors. I mean, I you know I you know I I'm, I'm open for that uh, that kind of consideration when you figure that I mean these people are making a couple hundred grand. Uh, now they've got these great reputations, and they come in with all this and that. But you know, not all of them have a broadcast background, and you know, very few of them have sold. I mean, Joel Hollander's on the Odyssey slash Intercom slash CBS board, and you know that makes sense. He's a radio guy, and there's a you know obviously the executives that are on the board as well. But iHeart hired a, a woman last week to join their board. You know, I doubt has ever been in a radio station. I hope she listens to radio stations, but. She worked at Walmart. She, you know, I guess she was an executive Walmart in Mexico. I mean, it's just this, and she's a professional board member. She's like a member of a half a dozen right. different boards. So if you add up a couple hundred grand, she's making over a million bucks just being a board member, and she's on the, on the board of directors of the board members association. So she she's a real pro at this. And I, you know, I think we can. I think we can. I mean, hey, just hire us to insult the other board members and some of your management at board meetings. And we'll do it for fifty grand, easy. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm not, I'm not that expensive. So, <laughs> I'm cheap. You're cheap. Well, she, she is. Uh, she has the advantage of also being a minority and yeah. a woman, and so got to give her uh, a little credit. But what do they do, Jackson? You know, what do they it, actually do? Oh well, if you ask them, they set goals and oh. missions. They monitor financials. They do PR and buzz. They are responsible for the direction and the inspiration of the company. And they get to nibble on the snacks at the back of the room during board <laughs> meetings. I mean, and let management suck up to them. So I think uh, I, I think it's a, a real, as you put it, it's really good work. Do you do you get to ride on the on, on Pittman's uh, jet? Do you, are the yacht in can? Do I get to hang out and have shrimp at you know Captain Teeb? 
I hope. <laughs> I don't think so. I, I think I think there's a pecking mm. order. It'd be really interesting mm. to hear uh, there's a pecking order. Who gets to ride on the corporate jet? Who doesn't? And my hunch is uh, that not everybody on the board does get to ride on the corporate jet. <laughs> yeah, right. But, or they have their own. So, you know, you can do that. Or they yeah. have their own, right. Okay, we, um, uh, the, the final story for Media Insultant this week is this extraordinary rise in the ratings of our non-com station called KEXP. They're here in Seattle. They do a AAA format uh, that, uh, as you put it, seems to be uh, their main objective seems to be to push anybody who really wants to listen for an extended period of time away. But they've risen from a 1-2 share up to the number three slot in the market with a 5-7. And the, to me, the, the you know, let, let's, talk about, let's talk about two things. Let's talk about the ratings and then let's talk about the money. Ratings. Why would one station have that kind of a jump in six months? Well, they've got somebody with a PPM meter that really loves the station and, and has it on all the time. Um, th- this is a station that has, that has a cumulative audience of 177,000 people, according to Nielsen, every week. So let me rephrase that, that number. There's a, Nielsen says there's 177,000 people, different people, who listen for a minimum of five minutes. That's all you have to do to be a listener. Listen for five minutes in a given seven-day week, Monday through Sunday. Okay, That's how many they've got. <clears throat> And if you go by that number, they would rank 22nd in the market in Seattle. Okay, well, 174,000 listeners. That's their cumulative audience, different listeners every week. Okay, they have, they rank third with the number of average people listening at any given time. Okay, beating out stations like Movin that has a cumulative audience, a total circulation, if you will, every week of 543,000 listeners, okay? So uh, how that factors makes no sense at all. In fact, the, the, the number, a station that small has to have some sort of quirk in the ratings to be that big with an average audience, okay? So... And, and, and if I am a competitor in Seattle, and really they're not a competitor to the commercial stations in Seattle, they're a, they're a fun thing to have around and celebrate occasionally. But if I'm the guys at Movin, if I'm the guys at um, KS, or KISW, or I'm at, I'm at The Wolf, I, I, whatever, I'm, I'm calling up my Arbitron or Nielsen rep. I'm, call, I'm calling whoever covers the market for Nielsen to say, have you looked into this? Because this statistically is something I have never, ever seen in 45 years of radio, that a station that small in Cume could be that big in average audience. I've never seen it. I mean, you see it sometimes with with stations, but never to this degree to be third in the market. It's insane. And then if you go listen to the station, it's, it's eclectic AAA. I mean, it's like volunteer DJs, and they've got all sorts of fundraisers and events and all different types of music. This is not like music driven where, where you know, you, oh my God, I got to listen 24 seven. No, they're going to wear you out with all the different genres of music they've got. <laughs> and God bless them. They have a lot of fun, but my God, to be a five, seven with that small acume, there's something, there's something going on there. And I'd be calling, I'd be calling Nielsen to check it out. It just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't seem possible. Well, you, you got to give Nielsen some credit. You, I know that they monitor this stuff and they look for these kind of aberrations. 
my hunch is they're already on top of it. But, you know, if they follow their metric, you know, well, we get houses out and this is the distribution. And Lord knows a PPM household is hard to come by. And so they probably are sticking with it, saying they've got five or six people. They got five or six people in a household, all with their PPM, and we're all we're all KEXP fans. They found them, and good for them because they're they're they're, that's 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 you know really cranking the number out. But uh, you know it's well, it'll take a year for those numbers to work out because I think PPM household is a year maximum a year. The other big secret about KEXP that uh, you know really uh, has come home to me over the last year or so is. These guys actually make a lot of money. This uh, this radio station has more than twenty million dollars mm-hmm. sitting in the bank yep. as cash. They did, I think, uh, ten to twelve million dollars in donations last year. They have studios any commercial radio station would die for. Mm-hmm. They're at the Seattle City Center. Think the Space Needle, live studios, coffee shop, gift shop, meeting space for the community all kinds of things that are ancillary to a community radio station. They really did a beautiful job on it. There is a lot of money in non-com radio, and they're always out there begging for money. I think it was at KXP last year that had somebody gave them a 7 or $8 million. Yes, it was, a, it was a woman who claimed so, the donation of $7.5 million. And wouldn't you have loved to have gotten a donation of $7.5 million at KJR? Um, but $7.5 million by, yeah. by a woman simply named Suzanne. Ah. Suzanne, Suzanne loved, loved her KEXP. KEXP. But, you know, there'd be no KEXP if it wasn't for Paul Allen. So if you go back in the history, back in, back in the early yeah, 2000s, right. and I think it was, uh, it was the, uh, uh, the music project that he funded, and I'm forgetting the name, uh, Save the Music Project or something, uh, that Paul Allen donated a ton, I think it was $5 million or something, put into this fund to save, because he was a big fan of KCMU at the time, which later became KEXP, and there was a big there was a, all the uproar, and everybody in Seattle knows all about it. That you know it, it was who, you know they, who, what direction are we going to go with this radio station and all these you know so you had a few thousand people who cared about this station were worried about it, but Paul put in a ton of money into it to save it, and then and then you know it's been interesting because it's the station's been run by the same guy for for almost twenty years. This Tom Mara. Is, you know, has run this station, nonprofit. He gets he gets twelve million in revenue every year, and he spends twelve point one in revenue. You know, in expenses every year. So you know, you and I would have gotten fired ten times over if we had a twelve million revenue radio station <laughs> that did twelve million in expenses. And that's the joy of of non commercial public radio is that you know, hey, you know, we, we're spending everything we got, you know, and we're doing it every year. I'd love to have a $12 million expense budget for a music station, wouldn't you? With 45 volunteer DJs and all this other stuff. It's it's insane how much money they have well, and how much money they spend this, this, for how little audience they get. But it's, uh, it's, it's, it's loyal, as we can tell from their five share. And they have a lot of fun with, uh, with live events and, and their, and, and their uh, coffee shop and their they're uh, merchandise. Yeah, they, they, to their credit, they they do do a good job of being local and intensely Seattle. Uh, but you know, this opens up the Pandora's box because they can pay themselves very handsomely. You know, I've heard the morning guy makes close to three hundred thousand dollars a year to play yeah. a few records. You know, and I'm sure he's hip and and very musically knowledgeable. 
But you know, there's, there's a lot of money floating around. That's my takeaway. Non-com can be very lucrative. And they're not, if yeah, if it's done right. So and they're not doing it for free. You know, that's what I'm saying. You know, yeah, we're non-commercial. Oh yeah, we're non-profit. Oh yeah, and we make a ton of dough. You know, it's the same at KCRW uh, down here in LA and KPCC. You know, you know, KCRW studios are the most lavish studios I think in all of radio. They just finished like a thirty-five million dollar studio building. It's insane. You know. The commercial guys are, are getting away from studios, and non-coms can't spend enough. It's amazing. <laughs> well, Keith, I think we've gone well over our 15-minute limit. Uh, the, this, that's the problem. <laughs> there's a lot to insult. There's a lot to talk about. And uh, a, that's right. That's right. So um, we'll have a, another, another media insultant next Tuesday. And, uh, and Tuesday, we always do a great example of bad management. Encourage anybody to send it in, their example, to jackson at intownmedia.com. And Keith, thank you. Uh, go have a good week. And we'll uh, always been a great uh, week and cavalcade of media news and insults. And uh, have a great weekend. We'll look forward to seeing you on Tuesday.